Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California is now the first state in the country to require all K-12 through teachers and staff be vaccinated against the coronavirus or be tested weekly. Uh, we think this is the right thing to do, and we think this is a sustainable way to keeping our schools open and to address the number one anxiety that parents like myself have. I have four young children. And that is knowing that the schools are doing everything in their power to keep our kids safe. That's Governor Gavin Newsom, who also said the new mandate covers more than 300,000 teachers, including those working in private schools. Several school districts around the state, including San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, and Long Beach, have already implemented similar vaccine or testing requirements. The California Teachers Association and another union representing school staff support Newsom's measure. Districts have until mid-October to comply fully with the order. Meanwhile, Stanford University will require its students to undergo weekly COVID-19 testing regardless of their vaccination status. Beginning on August 15th, students who live both on campus and in off-campus housing provided by the university and those coming to campus for in-person instruction will require the weekly tests. Students will be provided a self-collection nasal swab kit and get their results within 24 hours. Only a handful of other universities across the country are requiring students to be regularly tested for COVID-19, no matter what their vaccination status. They include USC, Princeton, and Yale. Two federal agencies have joined the investigation into an incident last month involving a drone that interfered with CAL FIRE aircraft at the start of what's become the massive Dixie Fire. KQED's Dan Brecky has more. The Federal Aviation Administration says it's working closely with the FBI to investigate a drone incursion that took place last month in the very first hours of the fight to extinguish the Dixie Fire. Butte County District Attorney Mike Ramsey says his office asked the FBI to assist the investigation soon after the July 13th incident. A CAL FIRE pilot sighted the drone over the fire when the blaze was just one to two acres in size. The drone's presence prompted CAL FIRE to pull its aircraft 
aircraft out of the area to protect its pilots. Federal and state laws prohibit drone pilots from interfering with firefighting operations. The Dixie Fire has burned more than half a million acres of northern Sierra Forest over the last month, making it the second largest fire in state history. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. And mandatory evacuation orders for the Dixie Fire have been downgraded to evacuation warnings in a handful of areas of Plumas County, although residents are still not being allowed back to their homes. The Plumas County Sheriff's Department is also warning people about scams, asking for donations that involve fake GoFundMe pages and nonprofits. And a former college lecturer is being held in a Sacramento County jail on charges related to wildfire arson. KQED's Nina Thorson reports. Gary Maynard has only been charged in connection with one fire, but he's suspected of starting several others in the Shasta Trinity and Lassen National Forests over the last few weeks. These were relatively small, but the U.S. Attorney's Office alleges they could have endangered firefighters responding to the massive Dixie Fire nearby. Maynard had taught sociology and criminal justice at Santa Clara and Sonoma State Universities, among others. Forest Service agents became suspicious of him after his car got stuck near the scene of one fire. Eventually, they placed a tracking device on the car so they could follow Maynard, putting out fires he had set. Prosecutors said Maynard was too dangerous to be released before trial, and a judge agreed. The next hearing in his case is August 24th. For the California Report, I'm Nina Thorson. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. California voters will soon be getting vote-by-mail ballots for the gubernatorial recall election. And Election Day itself, September 14th, is only about a month away. Statewide recall elections are pretty rare. So we thought this would be a good time to review some recall voting basics with California's top election official, Secretary of State Dr. Shirley Weber. She walked us through some recall voting fundamentals, including what the recall ballot will look like. Well, on the recall ballot, you're going to see really just two questions. And the first question will be, do you want to recall of the governor of California, Governor Newsom? And that's a yes, no question. And then you answer a second question that says, if for some reason he is recalled, who would you choose as his replacement? And there are about 47 names for a replacement. And then you choose a replacement. And I was going to say, the, in order to recall the governor, you have to have 50% plus one. You have to have a majority of the votes cast. And if that if there's 50 percent plus one, then uh, the second question really becomes extremely important because then that's the says who is going to replace him. And in that case, you don't have to have a majority of the votes. You just have to have the most votes. 
So if the governor isn't recalled, if there's a less than 50 percent number for that first question, then the second question about a replacement is essentially moot. It's a moot question at that point. Yes, because uh, it, it has no meaning because we're not doing a recall. We're not going to remove the governor. Yes. Do you have to vote on both ballot questions or can you do just one or the other? You don't have to vote on both questions. Whatever you vote on will be a valid ballot. In other words, if you choose uh, if you choose to say yes or no on number one, but not pick a replacement, it's still a good ballot. If you don't pick yes or no on the first one and just choose a replacement, it's still whatever you mark on that ballot will be valid. And so uh, we're cur- we obviously encourage people to do both so that they can have some say in in whether they want to recall or not. But equally important, if even if they vote no on recall, uh, they do want to have or should want to have some input into who basically replaces the governor in case their vote, in case they lose it and, and actually the person is recalled. So uh, we encourage people to take do both. But whatever you do will count. And of course, I assume along with the mail in ballots, people will still have plenty of other voting options when it comes to the recall election. Yes, uh, the legislature has decided in terms of its funding and support that we'll have an election similar to the election we had in November where everyone gets a mail ballot, uh, because obviously we still want to um, keep people safe and, and not have to force everyone to go into the bo- uh, and to the polling places to vote. But we'll also have ballot boxes like we had before. We'll have more days for voting. Some counties may have up to 11 days to vote because of the size of the counties. There'll be voting on, on there'll be voting centers uh, that'll be there. There'll be ballot boxes that will be available at, at uh, various locations and your registrar voter will have that information. So we we saw a tremendous turnout in the last election in November, not just only because of the issues that were there, but because we made it very convenient for people to vote. It wasn't a, a high stake one one day or no day at all kind of concept. And uh, and we realized that that really turns out the vote in almost in every state when you have those options available. And I know cost shouldn't be important when it comes to elections. Democracy is priceless after all. But let's do talk dollars and cents for a moment. How much approximately is this recall election going to cost the state of California? I think minimally it'll be about $276 million, okay, uh, a, a quarter, over a quarter billion dollars. It may go as high as three to $400 million, yes. It's extremely expensive. All right. That is Dr. Shirley Weber, Secretary of State for the great state of California. Dr. Weber, have a good recall election management time. (laughs) That's a good that's a good title. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, Good to be on your show and hope every Californian will go and vote. That's extremely important. And finally this morning, the state Supreme Court has rejected a challenge by two Republican lawmakers who argued that Governor Newsom exceeded his authority by issuing emergency orders during the pandemic. Assemblymember James Gallagher of Yuba City and Kevin Kiley of Rockland had challenged Newsom's emergency powers, saying he didn't have the right to issue executive orders, like requiring vote-by-mail ballots be sent to all California voters. But the state's high court ruled that under the 1970 Emergency Services Act, the governor is given broad powers during emergencies, including the ability to alter or create new laws. Many Republicans have cited Governor Newsom's orders as a key reason for why he should be recalled. And that, listeners, is your California report for Wednesday, August 11th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and talk tomorrow. Support for the California report comes from Hint. 
fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.